Hello, Medium here. Just wanted to say how much fun I had at South Carolina Comic-Con Jr. Met a lot of cool people and got to show off a bit of what we've been working on for Echoes of Crin. Looking forward to more cons in the future, which we will definitely announce as the time draws near. One of my favorite things about cons is, of course, the cosplay. So I didn't dress up much, but I was definitely wearing my leather D&D bracers, made for me by Buckle and Rose. I got lots of compliments because, you know, they're freaking awesome. And if you'd like a pair for yourself, you should definitely check them out at etsy.com.shop slash thebuckleandrose. As they say, wear your fiction. It's been a really exciting year for Echoes of Crin, and we thank you all for being a part of it. That said, on with the show. Hail and well met, and welcome to Echoes of Crin: Dragons of the Hidden Flood, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast set in the realm of Dragonlance. We'll begin our episode in just a moment, but first, our players. Hello, I am Jade, and I am the founder of Lawful Stupid RPG, and I am playing Farin, the dwarven cleric of Shidari. Hi, I'm Cirque Panda. I'm a Twitch streamer, and I play... Tiwi Tumblewood, the Kender Bard. Hi, friends. My name is Samus. I am an opera singer, and I play Onweir, the human rogue and fallen solemnic knight. Hi, I'm Chael. I'm not an opera singer. I'm a D&D super nerd, and I play Blip, the gully dwarf barbarian Havop. Hello, I'm Chops. I am a paranormal investigator, and today I'm playing Lassa, the half-elven wizard. Hiya, I'm Lindsay Rousseau, and I am a voiceover actor, host, and D&D Twitch streamer, and I am playing Monto Bubalina, the human fighter who resides in Urgoth. And I'm Mr. Eager DM. I'm here to guide and to follow. Now, we invite you all to step with us into a world of fantasy, and for our time together, let imagination rule. Last time, as the adventurers continued their search for a way out of the Tuscanville Conservatory, ethereal music lured them to the Hall of Stone, from which they recovered a long-forgotten relic, the inveterate liar, and triggered a deadly collapse of stone and shards of glass. All of you scrambling desperately, gasping in the dust and the debris and stumbling, falling, running down these stairs, panting at the bottom in the darkness as the rumble above you finally grows still until all that is left is the hissing sound of a few little pebbles still clicking down and the dust settling. But it is filling the air, filling your nostrils. You are coated in this white powder in your hair, it's all in your eyes and in your mouth. You realize that you've just narrowly avoided becoming a permanent part of this history. <coughs> Is everyone all right? Blip, are you okay? I, 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 I good. Okay. Everyone all, all right? Tulian, Tulian, where are you? I'm here, I'm here. I, I, Javrin, everyone, I think everyone made it out. Yes, it looks like we have all survived. That was very close. It was astounding. Astounding. We, we have seen what they saw that day. We, we are now survivors of the cataclysm in the same way, on a lesser scale, but, but still, to think this is what they saw. This is what they felt. This is what they knew. I, I, I don't know if... I, th I think I'm a little bit more disturbed by the fact that you seem excited as opposed to uh, relieved that we're alive. But we'll leave that for the moment. Well, well of course I'm relieved we're, we're alive, but th then I wouldn't be excited about what just happened, would I? 
Well, the question is, do we go back and see what remains? Yes. Yes, of, of course. We, we have to see if anything survived, please. And, and who knows, but perhaps something has come down from up there. Something even older. Lhasa. Fallen rock, shards of glass everywhere. There's a clear path forward. I don't think we need to go searching through rubble. We found what we were looking for. I sag forward a bit, and my face falls. Yes, yes, uh, of course, I... Yes. I put my hand on your shoulder and wait until you raise your eyes to meet mine. If there's time, Lhasa, we will come back. We will explore. We have a purpose now. Be patient. But what... What is this purpose that we have? We have been... We have been walking in circles. We have... We have found riddles and then we've answered and then we haven't answered and it just leads to another door and another riddle. What is the point of all of this? Getting out, Monto. Getting out. But that does not seem to be the case because it seems that some are more consumed with the mystery of everything down here as opposed to getting out. Because the ceiling falls down, now we no longer go that way? Is it because it is no longer out? Or is it because we fear more questions follow? I didn't see an exit in that room, Monto. I believe it was a dead end. Fair point, you got further in than I did. I look down in my arms. Do I see any damage on the liar that I've been trying to protect? It's very dim light, and with the dust and debris still in the air and still in your eyes, it's difficult for you to see. Go ahead and make a perception check. All right. Just got this thing. I don't know if I've broken it. <laughs> um, that's a 14. This is why we can't have good things, Dealey. <laughs> this is why I can't have nice things. It is difficult to tell for sure. Looking at it, your first impression would be that it is a broken liar. It has no strings. Mm. With a 14, you can tell as you move your fingers over it, even if you can't necessarily see it very well, this was hand-carved out of a single piece of wood with incredible care and love. This has a very familiar feel to it. It feels like a liar, but there's something different about it. It is a little bulkier and also a little rougher. This was created with function in mind over aesthetics. I clutch it close to my chest and I just look up at the people around me trying to decide what to do, but all I can think about is that this this liar is just special. It, it, something about it, I just know in my, in my heart, something is special about it. And I just await their decision. What you got there, girl? It's... It's the... It's the liar. It looks like a bit of wood. Put that down, it's something more important. <laughs> Have I lost some of my beard? <laughs> I love it. Lhasa was throwing fire around and... I, I, I'm still worried that I'm, I've lost a bit of trim. No, 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 no. No, it wouldn't have passed. No, no, it's fine. I... I'm sure. Oh. I toddle over quickly to Farron, jam my fist into my pocket, and pull out a stubby fist full of the chest hair doll. The gray, curly chest hairs. Oh, God. I... Uh, oh, no. I, I fix? You need you need hair? Blip, you put your hand into your pocket where this chest hair doll has been, and it's not there. You asshole. Wow! Damn! Zero to sixty. Give it back. <laughs> I uh, I look into her open hand. What? Nothing there, yeah. Where? Where? Where go? I look around. I have this panicked look on my face. What? Where, where go? My, 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 I made it. Hair. You made Farron's beard? No, it, it, it gon' be beard. It's, it's, it's the same. It bloody well isn't. I, I, I made, I made 
a, a doll. You can keep your grubby hands off my beard. It was curly and grey and coarse and... Oh, yeah, 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 like a little person. I, I made. Oh, you made that? Wow, hold on one second. And I put the uh, the liar underneath one of my arms and with my other hand rummage in all of my, my pouches and then I pull out the disgusting chest hair poppet. <gasps> I gasp this utter look of disbelief. Why you take? Oh, I didn't. You left it lying around. Good thing I got it. You take? You 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 take from Blip? I I bonk. Where where where's bonk? I hold on. And I walk up. Blip blip. It was an accident. Uh, she she take. No Tilly found. Right Tilly. Well, yes. I don't understand this tone. I found it. You left it lying around, so I took care of it. That Tilly found. Doesn't matter, it's not going near my beard. I snatch it back from Tilly and start petting its head. Is it still alive? As I pet its head, you can see little flakes of hair flipping off of it. Oh my god. <laughs> I walk closer to Farron, hold it up to his beard. It it fit. See? Oh. Right here. And I tuck it into his beard, feet first, with its little hands hanging out. Whoa. And he just has a little gray chest hair doll in his beard. You probably can't see me go red because I'm covered in <laughs> and plaster and whatever else has come from the falling debris. But I start to shake. It, it, it okay. I fix. <gasps> Is this one of those dwarven marriage rituals I've heard so much about? What? Absolutely not. I am married already. Thank you very much. And I storm off. Bye. <laughs> no, no, no. Farron, our, our marriage was fake. <sighs> Everyone, Farron, your beard is fine. Blip, you have your poppet. Tilly, thank you for giving it back. Let's go. Why he mad? <laughs> As I painstakingly brush the dust and debris off of my robes as thoroughly as I possibly can, I have a large grin on my face watching everything that's unfolding between these two and say, yes, uh, Onweir is absolutely correct. We, 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 we have a mission. Let us set out. Come. I'm already 45 feet ahead of you. Oh, well. I heartily agree. Your Highness... Jarvid stands up. Yeah, I'm... I'm ready to go home. Would it be all right? Unless any more ceilings come down on our heads. Yes. Yes, of course. We'll, we'll bring you home. We'll make sure that you're safe. I'm sorry for the delays. It's all right. I, I, I enjoyed the magic. Good. And one by one, you step down the stairs. There is no going back. As you look up the steps, you could see that what was once a perfectly open and unobstructed entryway into this wide studio is just now a pile of rubble. Might as well be a wall. Let out a small sigh of despair as I turn to leave. You all head down the stairs back into the large workshop below described it before as having a centralized location where perhaps the master would have been overlooking the various stations in the room, each one doing a different part of creating what you assume would have been amazing works of art, now lost to time. But unless anybody wishes to stay there any longer... I'm not waiting for anybody else. I have marched out of the room. I've gone back down the stairwell and I'm moving to the pillar. I'm moving to the pillar where the inveterate liar label was. You head down the stairs back into the main courtyard of the Tuscanville Conservatory. You could hear your companions following along behind you. As you take five steps into the large area dominated by this avalanche, this frozen avalanche of stone that collapsed down into the middle of this large space centuries ago, 
You freeze as there is a sudden cry of pain that echoes from somewhere in this large space. What? I rack my brain of what I could have done to make someone make that noise. <laughs> can I make a perception check to see if I can sense the direction? Sure. Yeah. Likewise, can I do the same? Yes. <laughs> uh, 12 plus 7 is 19. 19. 18 for me. 18. 19 and 18. Both of you freeze, look at each other, and instinctually know that the sound came from the other side of the conservatory. You can't see directly there because of the huge mound of stone and fallen earth that almost completely bisects this entire courtyard. But that is where it came from. And as you take a moment and listen and shush the people behind you, you can detect the sounds of combat. Oh. Hmm. What do you think it is, boy? I squint my eyes a little bit, and I try to listen more intently to see if I can hear more details about how many are fighting, what type of weapons. I'm assuming I'm going to keep my 19. Yeah. It sounds like steel on something. You don't, it doesn't sound like a wrestling match or anything. It sounds like combat. I'd say with a 19, you can detect that there's some happening close by and there might be some happening further away as if it is a battle that takes up a large area and there's a portion of it that is closer to you all. I'd say you're fairly certain that it was just one voice that made the sound, but the grunts and the cries and the curses continue. I'll look at the group and I'll say, come and I will run in that direction. Yes, sir. All right. Tulian Haxos puts his arm on Jarvan and slowly follows along behind you all. Does anybody not go? I will also follow, yeah. And I will also. All right. Are you moving quickly, Anweer? Yes, yes. Carefully, but quickly. All right. I'm definitely following, but I'm going to get on dinner and ride my valiant steed. What is dinner's speed? I'm thinking it's 30. Oh, it's 40. It's 40. It's faster than I am. <laughs> well, in that case, yes. As everybody comes moving around this large mound of earth, just before you're about to turn the corner, <laughs> no. lip and dinner speed past you. <laughs> and so a few feet in front of you is blip and dinner. Yeah, send in the bite. Oh, <laughs> send in the brawn. What? What, what? No, I'm pretty sure it's the bait. Psh, nobody asked you. <laughs> I can't see anything because I have like no dark vision. So I just, I'm just showing myself in the darkness. Oh yeah, I have no idea where we are right now. Julian relights the torch that he had that has gone out as the studio collapsed. So there is a little bit of light coming along with you, but yes, it is very dark down here. And if you don't have a light source, then those of you who don't have dark vision, you're not going to be able to see a thing. Yep. As you come around the corner, blip, you see a man dressed all in black with a hood. He's pulled down a little bit. You can see that he's got one side of his head is a mass of scars and no hair has grown there, but he has a black band of coloring of soot of charcoal or something that's around his eyes. And you look at his short sword and you look at his garb. This is very similar to one of the assassins that you and Manto were fighting before you came down here. He is stumbling as right at his throat, there is one of these long rodent-like creatures that you encountered before, just attached to his throat, scratching at it and biting at him. And there's a couple of others at his heels. He falls to his knees and falls forward, looking at you as he does, his eyes wide, his mouth opening and closing wordlessly, drops his weapons as these creatures, three of them, begin to gnaw on the back of his neck and rip into his flesh. We're going to roll some initiative, friends. Do we help the rats or do we right? help the assassin? The puppies. <laughs> or do we just let this play out, right? Just let this play right? out. Yeah. I like, I like my I like nat that. one for initiative. That bodes well with my 25 feet of movement. It still beat me. Don't worry about it. 
Wow, we're all rolling pretty darn slow. It's because we have that moral idea of do, which do we help? <laughs> do we even help? What do we, we do? We're all in single digits right now. <laughs> I love the fact that Blip just absolutely blew you all away with initiative, Ed. So as you come around the corner, Blip, you have but moments to determine what you're going to do because dinner is charging forward. Just <laughs> come around the corner. What do you do? <laughs> we. We ride right past him. Bad man, he fall. Ha ha. As we whiz by. What do you do? Run past him. You don't attack any of these creatures? No. All right. Gully dwarves, man. <laughs> you come around the corner and unless you stop, you're going to go right past a couple of these rodent creatures. They have a length to them. If you were to put it in real world terms, they have a dachshund-like shape, oh, but then obviously rodent. They have long pointed faces with black noses and whiskers and pointed slightly larger than cat-like ears. If we ride past the puppies at dinner's full movement, that would put me up to ride around this doorway to the right of the puppies. As you get into this area, a wave of the most delicious smell that you can remember ever having in your nostrils washes over you. You had this experience the last time you came this way. Mm -hmm. It still smells absolutely delectable inside whatever this particular room is. As you go by, one of these creatures lifts its head from the fallen assassin. And as you go by, you look, it looks very different from the ones you encountered before, which had the typical black beady eyes of a rat or other large rodent. These eyes are clouded over with a pus-like film Ew. and Ew. their fur is coated with yellow dust. Ew. Swear there are things growing on it, like lichen or perhaps some sort of large growth of mold. As you ride by it, it does try to snap at you. It has rolled an 18. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Four points of piercing from that as it bites on you and holds on to your leg for a few moments as you ride past okay. and then drops as you get outside of its range. That is your movement. Any action for you? I'm going to pull dinner to a complete stop by grabbing the back of his ears and pulling back. Stop! <laughs> and question. I still don't have my actual maul, do I? We don't haven't gotten our items back. Oh, the only weapons you have are those that you found. So do I you, table leg? I believe you still have the original table leg, yes. Stupid short sword. Stupid <laughs> table leg. Okay, I am going to strike back against the one that bit me. I'm going to swipe at it. I don't think then you're going to be able to get all the way to the door. Okay. So you ran past looking at the fallen assassin, laughing, mm -hmm. riding by, doing a victory lap. Mm -hmm. And as you did, one of these creatures bit at you. You stop and whirl back around, get that five feet closer. And what do you do? I bonk. <laughs> of course. I bonk. You know bite. I bonk. Roll your attack, please, Blip. Damn. That's a six hit. It does not as <laughs> whiff right over the head. You, you stop. Bonus action for you. Uh, bonus action. I'm not going to waste any rage yet. I was talking to myself. I'm sorry. Talking to yourself is fine. We actually do still want to hear that. I mean, it's about it's... everything but the chest hair doll. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to yourself about that in your head. It's only a problem if she starts putting pins in it and people start acting weird. Exactly. Right now, it's just a beautiful beard ornament. I think that's going to be all for my turn. I don't want to waste a rage yet for just three of them. All right. That brings us to Manto. I obviously do not have dark vision. I watched as Blip ran but did she essentially run into the darkness? What can I and did I see from where I am standing? I know Tulian has a torch up, so his torch is lit. His is the only light we've got. Yeah. I, I haven't got light either. It was only from the torch. Yeah. In the light of Tulian's torch, you could see the immediate surroundings. You could see the large staircase where you first entered in. You could see the two statues that flanked either side of it. And you see the large mound of rock and rubble right in the middle of this area. And you saw Blip and Ditter just mm -hmm. go around the corner and they are 
just outside of the light. So they ran around the outer corner of this pile of rubble. Yes. So I do not currently see an immediate threat from where I am standing? Correct. You could hear the sounds of combat. You heard Blip's cry of pain. Okay. And they are coming from the other side of that rubble. Yes, indeed. Okay. Thank you. I obviously am not concerned by the sounds of combat. They sound puny to me. They don't sound like real combat. They sound like weenie combat. But I am concerned about Blip because she tends to rush head on into things and make things sometimes worse than they need to be. So I am going to run towards where I saw Blip going. I am going to run around this pile of rubble, which takes me to there. So I'm just on the edge of this pile of rubble, and I think it seems like I can barely see Blip out of the corner of my eye or to towards the right of where I am now. Would that be accurate? Yeah, it is dark over there. I have set the lighting to where I think it is correct. So if you can see a target... I can barely make her out. Then yes, so that is what you are meant to be able to see. Okay. So indeed, you can see in the gloom, not well enough to see exactly what's going on, but you gather its combat based on the shapes and the shadows that you can see there. It does not appear like I was able to move within range of any of these creatures. That's correct. You did not have the move action economy to get to them. It looks like just out of range. So I took my full movement to get to where I can see Blip. Blip, don't do anything irrational. Just hold on, I am coming. I am going to hold my action should any creatures come within striking range of me. Very good. So I have my shield out ready in front of me for whatever these creatures that I can kind of make out. They look small, a little furry. They might be pets, I'm not really sure. Sure, they're pets. It's all a big misunderstanding. Yes, so I am ready should anything come my way. Very well. Anweer. Seeing Blip ride past me in a blind fury, I grumble under my breath, God damn it, Gully Dwarf. And I run behind her. I'm going to skid and duck down below the rubble. Go for it. Make your stealth check. Thank you. It's your cunning action to use stealth. I rolled a 21. Excellent. And so I'm going to reach back, pull out my bow from its clasp, and with my index and middle finger, I'm going to grab an arrow from my quiver, put it up to my mouth, draw it back, and I'm going to stand and shoot the rat-looking creature that I can see. Very well. Okay, so it's a 22 to hit. Perfect. And that is 13 points of piercing damage. 13 points of piercing damage, indeed. This creature, the arrow sticks in it, and you can see it takes a couple of steps towards Manto. There's no squeal, there's no cry of pain, there's no physical reaction at all until it suddenly just stops and falls over dead. As it falls, it has a bloated corpse-like look to it. It doesn't crumple to the ground. It falls over, looking like it's been dead for a very long time. We're not eating those, Blip, just so you know. Oh. <laughs> brings us to Lhasa. I'm going to uh, charge a bit past Unwear up to where the uh, second statue that flanked the entrance is. And from there, I'd like to throw some fire towards the rat that is in front of Blip. Very well. I once again blow into my hands and rub them together, unleashing a small spark of flame. Oh, sleeping spark, become cinder and awaken flame. The small spark of flame actually is extremely bright in this dark chamber as it briefly lights up this entire room. And for a brief moment, there is a bizarre correlation between being in this area and being on the stage. You can see the outskirts of what's around you and just a little bit of what is in the shadows of the flame lights up everything with a bright orange light as it streaks towards the creature fighting blip. What have you rolled, Lhasa? A 16. That is a hit. Ooh, and a 10 for damage. It blows apart from the blast as it hits and blip. You see as it does, the fire actually extends from a little bit and eats away at a cloud of pollen-like dust that emanates from this creature as it explodes and the fire follows it a little bit, 
creating a, a brief bright light around where the creature is destroyed. Oh, interesting. I will squeal in terror of the fire that suddenly appears. You hit the galley dwarf. <laughs> no, no, not the, no. That's going to bring us to Tulian Haxos, who takes Jarvan with him and takes the dash action and moves around those of you who are fighting to just behind the large statue that is holding vigil over this graveyard. That is going to be his turn, bringing us to the final creature, which lifts its head up. Manto, and at first you think it's sniffing the air, but then you realize it's moving back and forth, scanning or using some sort of detection that is not sight-based or ear-based, sensing, and then begins to waddle towards you slowly. Mm. As it reaches you, it is going to proc your held action. Aha! Great. So that being said, I am going to swipe at it with my short sword. All right. Let me clarify that. Does it look like it's ambling towards me to attack me? Its mouth is open, but it's not snarling. It's not, it's not coming at you like with deadly intent. It is moving towards you. Does it have the glassy pus eyes? Yeah, what does it look like? Yes, as it gets closer to you, you can see that it's exposed to the little black beady eyes, indeed a film of sickly yellow over its eyes, its mouth hanging open, its tongue lolling out, and you can see the tongue looks like it has fungus or perhaps moss or lichen hanging down that has come down around its jaw and down its throat and under its underbelly. That's me in college. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's the perfect pet for Blip. <laughs> Blip was thinking soup. Oh no. I don't know Lhasa all that much, but I'm also thinking this is something that would fascinate Lhasa. Okay, I was holding an action, but because it doesn't look like it wants to attack me. Okay. I would like to try and capture said being. This sounds to me like you want to make a grapple attack. Let us do a grapple check. All right. That sounds like a great idea. Go for it. He's gotta touch it. Oh no. And that is my strength modifier, right? Uh, you're going to be rolling athletics for this. Oh, I'm rolling athletics. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that is a, that is a crit. Well. Ooh. Yes. Because I am a dex-based fighter, I'm just like pew pew, pew pew when I go in. But I am going in for a grapple, but I am obviously doing it in such a way that I am keeping his head away from me so it wouldn't potentially bite me, if that makes sense. I understand. Unfortunately, you can't have it both ways. Oh, okay. Either you're going to attack it with deadly force or you're going to grapple it to, to bring its speed to zero. Oh. I understand your reason for doing the one, but if you, if you grab it, all it is is its speed becomes zero and it still is able to attack you. Okay. Them's the rules. Then can I just choose to knock it out instead? Let's start all over again. Yeah, you can always choose to use non-lethal damage with any melee attack. I would like to choose to use non-lethal damage and knock it out. Go for it. As Blip would say, bonk, our little ratty friend, kitty friend, whatever it is, knock it out, but not kill it. Go for it. That's just an attack. Okay, so that is uh, 15 to hit. 15 is a hit. Oh, for six. 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage is enough. As it comes creeping towards you, you line up your blade, ready to cleave <laughs> it in half. You pause a moment to think, and then bonk, bring the hilt down right on the head just as it's coming up, and you could tell it was getting ready to try and bite you. It just crumples to the ground, not moving. Well, I feel like, you know, we should figure out what this weird fungus is that's infecting things. I mean, this seems important. Very curious, indeed. As I bonk it, I have subdued one of the creatures, but I do think perhaps we should immobilize it or at least tie its mouth up because it did look like it wanted to bite me at some point. I sprint round the corner. What, what did I miss? Oh, a very interesting creature, but Tilly, I do think we should um, make its mouth immobile because it does have very sharp teeth. I, I break. <laughs> No, we interrogate. Oh. While you're 
doing that with the rat, I'm going to leap over the rubble and look at Theron and say, can you spare the assassin? I was going to go check his pulse. I'll head over to the assassin and try and feel for a pulse. There is no pulse. Oh, well, it's a good thing I saved the rat. Can you spare the dying? Do I know if spare the dying will work? It's always worth a try. Oh, I'll give it a go. I will clutch my amulet and I will speak the words. The mercy of the silver mistress calls you back. It is not your time. And I will place a hand upon the assassin's neck where it was bit and just to see if I can feel any life. Those of you who have seen it before, hold your breath to see whether or not there will be another display of holy magic from this burly and gruff dwarf. But as he says the words, nothing happens. No, he's dead. Who's the silver mistress? Is she your mistress? Or is she everyone's mistress? Is she my mistress? Uh, I, I suppose you could be if you wanted her to be. Sorry, can we define mistress? There are varying definitions of said word. Well, I was Farron's pretend mistress one time when he kept me in his closet. Oh. What? Nothing like that. I don't even know how that would work. I have lots of questions now about it. Uh, mm. This is a conversation for another day, but I do have questions. I agree. Get your filthy mind out of the gutter. I'm sorry, my mind has been in the gutter since I was born. He would make me dress in a dwarf suit. No, she's my goddess. <laughs> I'd be very padded out. It's great. All I heard was closet padding and mistress. That's all I heard. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. Every time you all launch into this weird Dada manifesto of conversation, I'm just shaking my head and walking past you. I'm leaning near the body and I begin to search it. All right, make an investigation check. As you do the scent, we discussed this before, but what would be your most favored scent, Anwir, of your entire existence? Something that recalls a time of peace and happiness. You asked me this question before, and I'm trying to remember what I said last time. It doesn't always have to be the same smell. It can be something else. Fresh cut grass. <laughs> I was sharing wine on a particular evening. I think I smell a childhood smell when I was young, when I remember my mother roasting venison in our hearth. She was heavy with the spices. And I remember walking into the house, getting hit with a wave of nutmeg and clove and cinnamon and being very excited for that meal. Again, the same wave blasts over you as you are searching the corpse of this assassin. And one by one, as you all gather around in this area to do whatever it is you're going to do here in the next few moments, these scents continue over you. And you can hear the sounds of combat they seem to be coming from within this room, this building, this one hall here that has an entrance into the courtyard that you have not gone into yet. As you stand here, you will recall that over the doorway, there was a sign that said the Hall of Figure. And your investigation check, Anwir? It was an eight. An eight. You're not able to find anything on this individual. He does not seem to be Ergothian, at least based on what you have seen of other Ergothians. His skin is not dark. Doesn't seem like he's spent a very much time out in the sun. Doesn't have the facial markings other than the black band around his eyes. Something oddly familiar, but you can't quite put your finger on it. I only have five of them, so... It's one of the assassins, right, are It must be. Everyone be on your guard. There is magic in this place. Bloody no. Yeah, Farron and Lassa do it. Mine's not magic. No, this is something that was here, Tilly. <sighs> Smelling things again. What do you smell? I begin to sniff the air. Do I also get my favorite smell again? You do indeed. Oh, I'm thinking this time. It's the smell of... Farron's closet. Farron's closet. 
Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Home. Safety. <laughs> Strange unison, but whatever. Mothballs and regret. There's prob- probably um, freshly harvested potatoes back when I would help one of my grandmothers farming in the gardens. Nice. So an earthy smell, but mm, also earthy. that has that fresh greenery smell as the stalks of these plants are removed from the tubers. And it smells good. So you have a dead assassin who does not seem to have anything on him other than his short sword. This does not seem to be one that has a short bow, or if he did, he's lost it. He has his dark clothing, no coins or anything like that on him that Anwir was able to find. And you have the bodies of these rodent-like creatures that have the bizarre discoloration and plant-like growths that are upon them. What do you do? Oh, the smell's coming from these little potato pals. Is it really? Is that where? Nothing like potatoes. No, I do not think that is the case. Also, potato pals is not okay. (laughs) What's wrong with potato pals? (laughs) They're growing on the rats. That's fine. It's yummy. I'm going to keep moving towards the sound of the combat. All right. So there's still more sounds of combat beyond what we just had here? You do hear combat in the other room, indeed. Okay. Well, I am going to bring the incapacitated rat to Lhasa. I know these things are of interest to you, so I decided to spare this one for you to look at. Oh. um. Perhaps you can figure out what is going on. I hear more combat. I am best served there. Yes, um, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Manto, was it? Yes. Um, thank you. Um, I, I don't suppose you could carry it for me. I. Uh, yes. Um, do you have any twine or something? I would very much like to close its uh, chompy mouth. Uh, or a bag I could put it in of some sort. Close its choppy mouth. I can tie its mouth in a knot. You know, I I, I, I think uh, um, perhaps Tilly would uh, have these oh, types of things. I, I, I carry yes. uh, parchment. and Good. Very so. good. Tilly! Tilly! <laughs> I'm like right by your feet. Just so short that I'm not even visible. I'm like, hi! <laughs> oh, and I look down and I, oh! Mm-hmm. So sorry, I did not see you there. Hello, uh, would uh, we would like to save this? Um, I don't know what it is. This yeah, rat, yeah, like, yeah. The potato pal. Yes, the potato pal. You, you have twine. a bag or something. We can put it in so Lassa can uh, investigate it later. I do not want it to bite us. I would imagine I would have twine, right? I must have some kind of thing that I can string around it. I'd say there's a pretty good chance that. Any number of you has a little bit of twine in your pack. We haven't got our gear, though, have we? Oh, that's a good point. Tealy would most definitely have twine. I'm still in that stupid costume, I think, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. You've you've cut away the extraneous bits of the costume. It's gone down to, like, basically the harness, which is essentially leather armor. Yeah. Tealy, I will say, with a passive perception of 14 as you reach into your pocket and pull out some twine and go to tie up the mouth of this creature. It's not breathing. Oh. It's not breathing? Oh. Oh, I think... Oh, no. But I did not even kill it. Well. I didn't do that. I, like, kind of hold my arms upwards. (laughs) I am going to say it was dead before I bonked it. Would you still like me to tie it? No, I think it's okay. Wait, are you saying that this thing was moving with undead? Uh, yes, because I very much did not kill it. I knocked it out, and it appears to not be alive, even though no death blow was dealt to it. Well, well let, let us not uh, leap to conclusions. We need to do research. Something like that is is is. is very rare and, and dangerous, frankly. Okay, so it's not going to bite us. Do we put it in a bag? Do you want me to tie it to you? Um, oh, 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 no, not not to me, please. Um, um. Okay. I'll, I'll take it. Okay, Tilly. I hand her this rat-type creature, which I assume is probably about the same size as she is. No, it's <laughs> smaller than she is. It is smaller. Okay, great. About the size of a dachshund. So maybe she can fit it in a pouch. Maybe. 
yeah, I, I grab this thing and I wrap my arms around it with one arm and the lyre in the other. Oh god. And I just whisper into its ear, I'm gonna get you stuffed. <laughs> oh, god. I'm so glad I'm not seeing any of this. We're so good at this is gonna be taxidermied. <laughs> We're going to stuff the oh thing. God, <laughs> Jesus. I, I don't want to comment on that. <laughs> Teely's oh got a pet. <laughs> Teely just carries around this dead rat with her. That also sounds like me in college. <laughs> All right. Sit your backsides down. It's time for a commercial. What's a commercial, Farron? It's a special shout-out to those who look after us, you see. In this case, it's when dwarves come together, share our trinkets and collections. Imagine sacred role-play games, collectible cards, miniatures, and even a dwarf's favourite comic books. <laughs> Everything you can think of to keep our hearts aflame with the spirit of adventure. Um, Farron? Uh, oh, yes, my dear. You're acting really weird, but... Where'd you get all this cool stuff? I mean, did you steal it from a dragon's hoard? Well, absolutely not. The cheek of it. Kenta's accusing me. I buy all my treasures from Borderlands comics and games. Incredible merchant. Ooh, does this merchant by chance have a stall in the market square of Gwynedd? Oh, and do they have um those uh, uh action figures or statues? Oh, no, girl, they're not in Gwynedd. Oh, yes, yes, Farron. I, I know just the kind she means. But uh, if, if not Gwynedd, then where? They're not from here at all, actually, but they do have just what you described. The merchant can be found in the realm of Greenville, South Carolina. You can also use a sending stone. See if they have just what you're after. Some bizarre, untrustworthy, magical thing, probably of gnomish invention, can deliver it. Ooh, I love gnomes, although I can never understand them. But lucky for you, they're human, just like Anwir and Manto. But they are much more approachable and friendly than our one-armed archer. The prices are great. Imagine just your silver and not your steel pieces. Their shop is very clean and inviting. And they even welcome small folk and have a special area just for them. <gasps> like me and Blip? Absolutely not. Oh no, Tilly, come now. Farron clearly means children. You know, and, and, and also those small, small men that come from the 41st millennium. Something about a warhammer, I think. Well painted, too. Oh, so we can't go? Well, only if Anwir takes you both. He'll love that. We'll just have to message them beforehand. No doubt they will have a no Kender and Gully Dwarf policy. Ooh, I love this one. No touching. And this comic Put book? Put them back. Ooh, what's Where's this golden card? Oh, Get your wandering hands off them. Is that oh, my mint so coat at number 23? Magic cards. cards. Oh, visit Borderlands Comics and Games in Greenville, South Carolina. Read. Build. Play. Find them at borderlands.us on the web and borderlandscg on Instagram. Please tell them Farron Trucell will send you. In the brief moments that you have this conversation, Anwir, you sneak into the other room. You can see that just within the doorway, there is a short hallway the opening to this room, there is no door. There is just rubble and rot where whatever door, whatever barrier was here at one point rotted away long ago. And you were able to walk into the corridor that leads directly from this door further into the hall of figure. You see a body about 10 feet on the ground from when you come in. As you step a little closer, you exit out of the area that is lit by Tulian's torch. Tulian, I need your light. <sighs> right. All right, uh, I, I am, I'm, I'm sorry. My, my duty is clear. I, I cannot take the prince where there is obvious danger. He holds you the torch on where he says, I cannot in good conscience take him towards it. I will stay here with the prince and await your return. I will look at the torch and then look at my bow in my one hand and then I will kind of give him a side glare and I will <laughs> look at Farron. <laughs> Got you can't see. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, forgive, forgive me. I'm just looking between them both. I'm sure we could make more. There's plenty of things we could use to make other torches back where we first arrived. It will take time, of course, but... Oh, you want me to carry it? What about if we strap it to your back? I, I, 
I carry fat fair. You you know you too heavy. I I carry lip strong. Oh, have you known I'm strong enough to carry a torch? My perfect physique. Lip fix. You can't fix my physique. It's perfect. I point to his beard where this <laughs> little poppet buddy is still riding. Oh, I forgot about that. Farron, take the torch. Okay. Farron, what smell do you smell coming from this hall? I smell a sweet dwarven dessert called black pudding. And I lick my lips. There's no deleterious effect from this scent. It is pleasant, but it is odd, of course, and unsettling, perhaps, but you can't see anything wrong with it. Who is going with Onwir into the Hall of Figure, moving in the direction of this combat? You can hear the sound of metal clanging. I'll be behind Manto. I'll be following. I'll just might be lagging behind a little bit. Anyone not following other than Tulian and Jarvan? Somebody should stay with the prince. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Perhaps it would be best if we find it. I don't get what the big deal is about the prince. There's five others of him. <laughs> uh, that's... that's... N- n- no. No. Tilly, uh, uh, look, just understand he is very important to protect. I don't need all this. I want to see it. Tulian strokes his chin for a second. You can see actually some of the yellow markings on his skin have begun to run a little bit, showing that at least a portion of what he has on his face is not tattoo. It is actually paint. I I will move a little further until we see what the source of the danger is, and then we will hang back. At least that that way, if everyone needs to run, we will be together. And that way you can have the astounding powers of the mage at your disposal as well. Yes. Destructive. Would you like me to lay down where? Please. So, Tulian and Jarvan hanging back, you enter into the Hall of Figure. As you step into this room, you can see bodies of some more of these uh, rat-like creatures strewn about, clearly having died in combat. You could see another two of the assassins dead, one of them has one of these creatures crawling on it, gnawing at its ear and oh God. trying uh. bizarrely to move the head, not paying attention to you at all. I will step forward. Farron, you step forward. You can see the hallway continues further down from where you are, but there is a large door to your left that is broken open. The sounds of combat seem to be coming from there. Okay, I will head over towards the door and peer in. But keep the torch behind me. As you step around the corner, you can see into this room, there is a large marble staircase that takes up almost the entire length of this wide corridor past this door, leading up to a circular dais that fills the other room. It goes up about three to four feet. On the dais, you can see more of these assassins fighting with these rodent-like creatures. There are quite a number of them, and they're slaughtering them almost as easily as you all did, just one after another, as they come from an unseen source coming towards the assassins. You can see some of them are wounded, some of them are not. There seems to be something else in the room, the middle of this room, this dais, there is a five-foot raised platform that sticks up in the middle of it, another circular platform in the center, and there are statues on the top of it with their arms raised as if dancing, and there is a little bit of light shining down from one of the hands of these statues. In the shadows behind it, just out of sight, being blocked by one of the other statues, you could see a burst of fiery light reminding you of Lhasa as a bolt of fire shoots down, destroying one of these rat-like creatures. That is what you see. So far, nobody seems to have noticed the light from your torch. Scurry backwards as quiet as I can towards the group, and I describe what I've just seen. I think they have had a wizard as well. I'm wondering if perhaps we just run. Run where, Manto? Or we fight. No. It's... This looks like it's the exit. I mean, 
Uh, it looks like an exit to go above. Farron, we need to hang back. If they're going to come, we need to be hidden and ready to spring. Let the rats and the assassins fight each other and thin the herd. We'll take care of whoever survives. Speaking of being ready, I gently lay the dead question mark creature on the ground. Goodbye, Bartholomew. It was fun. Oh no, you named it. <laughs> I try and fashion something to wrap around the liar so that I can have it attached to me, but still use my hoopock. The twine that you are going to use to tie up Bartholomew will serve very nicely to hold to this liar. Perfect. I will do just that. Now that you're inside this hall, the scents that you've all been smelling are even more intense and stronger. Those that remind you of delicious food, your mouths begin to water. Those that remind you of pleasant memories, they are very present, a very visceral and strong feeling. What do you do? If that's the exit, I mean, I mean, we could go straight on. I don't know what straight on is. I, I can have a look, but we might have to put out the torch for a little while. Or you, you could just leave it here with them if, if you were to go ahead. And while you go ahead, I would really quite like to see if it truly is a mage. I, I won't get close, but I have to see. Ugh. I'll hand over the torch back to Tulion. He takes it. I'll have a look up front. And I will... I would head as far as away from the door, so the wall furthest away from the door, and... Understood. Yeah, about 20 feet wide, these halls. Yeah, and I will just keep going down the corridor, obviously not running or trying to make a noise, but I will keep going to the end as far as I can. Reaching there, you can see the hall does continue a few other openings further down, leading into other rooms, and then there seems to be a T section at the end of this hall. As you pass by the broken door with the sounds of combat still cursing in a language that you don't understand. It's one you've never heard, but it's actually possible that you have heard it before. You you heard it being spoken in Pax Tharkis by some of the human soldiers with Verminard. I'm assuming that I have seen Draconians. Yes, most definitely you've seen Draconians. I will just take a quick look down here. I'm not spending too much time away from the group. I'm looking for an exit. You can make a perception check. Yes, I will make a perception check. I rolled an 11, so that's 16. As you squint down this hallway, you could see openings, other rooms. I'm not really sure from where you are what their purpose is, but looking down, there's a thick layer of dust on the floor and no footprints upon it. Do I hear anything coming from down the corridor? No. The only sounds you can hear are the sounds of grunts and cries of pain from the assassins in the other room. And the occasional <laughs> as there is a small explosion, which you assume to be being cast by whatever magic user is in that room. I will head back to the group. Alright. There's some other rooms up ahead. There's no tracks. Just dust. I don't know if it's the way out or not. It looks like either the exit is where the mage is. The language I heard before in Pactharchus. It could be a, one of the Dragon Army soldiers. Or worse, a Draconian, I don't know. Well, there, we can see if there's a way out at the end of this hallway. You think that the curses that you've heard, you think they're Narakan. It's a language you don't speak, but it is one that you have heard spoken. Lhasa, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Yes. Ah, that's an at 20. Nice. <laughs> the scent that is emanating from the room as you creep to the side to peek around the corner to see if you can catch a sight of what or who is casting this magic. The wave of the scent, I believe you described it as freshly caught shrimp from your home in Qualamori. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Although I will say, if it's particularly potent scent, I, I think in this moment there may even be a breaking over of ozone as well, very strongly. It just washes over you, and you feel, in spite of yourself, you take 
half step towards this room and then close your eyes and squint and shake your head and realize that there was some sort of compulsion that was not natural that was trying to bring you in closer, seductively closer to this room. Oh, it's, it's powerful here. Having snuck up behind him, I kind of tug at his cloak. What? What's in there? What did you see? Uh, I, um, with a small start, and I... I tug back at my robes a bit. Uh, I can't see anything yet. Just, just, just wait. I'll, I'll tell you. Make a wisdom save, Feely, please. Okay, that is a 15. A 15. Scent washes over you and you feel skin on the back of your neck rise up as you could swear that if you just go around this corner, you're going to see one of your grandmothers there in the garden asking for your help as you pull up potatoes from the ground but it passes and perhaps running in there would be an interesting thing to do. You'd certainly get to see what was happening, but might not be the best thing to do at this moment. It's very tempting. I am standing back looking very anxious at you moving forward. Thassa, you can make a perception check, please, as you try to see. Ooh. It's a five. <laughs> I see nothing. There is a little light shining down from the upraised hand of one of the statues in the middle of this room, but the statue that is directly in front of you is blocking your view of whatever is beyond it, casting these spells. There are stairs going up, yes, uh, so this is erased. I think I need to try to sneak a bit closer. All right, make a stealth check. I'm going to be right behind his, his butt until right. <laughs> I roll as well. Make a stealth check, yes. Seventeen. Seventeen. Lhasa deftly steps around the broken door and into the room. Oh. Thirteen? Teely, come around. You get your dress caught on a jagged piece of wood and have to stop and undo it. And as you do, there's a little bit of debris or treasures, I should say, that fall out of your pocket. Ding, 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 on the ground, but not very loudly. Take a moment to grab them, put them back in, and then look around and try and continue after Lassa. All right. I'm going to crouch and press myself up against the banister on the side of the stairs as best that I can and lean as far forward as I can to try to catch some glimpse. Oh, God. It's the worst idea ever. As you climb up the steps a few feet you can see that indeed there are many of these right light creatures still fighting there only seem to be three assassins that you can see right in this area some of them are wounded the rest are just hacking away at these things that are lumbering slowly to them and they have plenty of time to line up their attacks and just hit them as they come and as they fall right into their front of their feet without making a sound coming to be slaughtered one after the other, but you see one of the assassins struggling with a humanoid-sized creature wearing dusty rags with very pale skin and the same sort of room-filled eyes and lichen and vine-like protrusions. You actually see one that appears to be going through the bottom of his chin and out his mouth, wrapping around his head like a headband, and at the very top is a brightly colored yellow flower open on the top of his head, almost like a fancy hat. But looking in his eyes and his vacant expression and his mouth open, this is not a time for fanciness. As you are looking at this, uh, what do the rest of you all do as Teely and Lhasa step into this other room? I'm trying to hiss under my breath at a volume that is less than the combat for them to come back, but it's not going to be enough to pierce the sounds that they're hearing. So I'm swearing under my breath and I have my bow ready as they bring disaster upon us. As soon as I saw Lassa going ahead, I was like, oh, she's she's taking that excuse. She's like, he did it first. I've not noticed it as I'm clearly describing to the group what I've just seen. Tulian comes running up behind you and grabs your arm and says, what are they doing? What are who doing? The, 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 the elf and the, and the kender. We, we cannot. We, we, Where did they go? They went in. I'm shaking my head and I just look at Tulian with a very irritated expression. 
and I just say, just be ready. And I move forward quietly and stay out of the doorway and have an arrow drawn ready for whoever comes through. Tulian nods, draws his sword halfway out, and then stops and looks left, looks right. Where is the prince? With your passive perception, Anwir, you have to take just a second as you see Jarvan, his eyes bright, his mouth grinning wide, oh, no. step around the corner behind Tilly and Lassa looks back at you and says, Edzard's sweet cakes, they're right in there. And he turns and begins to run up the stairs. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening and making Echoes of Crin a part of your day. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to know more about us, you can check us out on the web at echoesofcrin.com and on Instagram at echoesofcrin. Until next time, Eslaros Oath Farewell.